there's so much let's put it there, there's so much beauty in the world that like takes my breath away and uh i don't know if that's something you can seek out but i seek it out you know i i at the very beginning of the podcast i look for unique experiences and i try to keep an open eyes for those things um i think my wife might tell you that very often i have tunnel vision but um i think that like, i really try to look for beautiful moments that they'll they'll probably never be replicated i have this kind of thing where somebody says something a sentence and i, and I i'll look at them i'll say i don't think anybody in the history of humanity humanity has ever said those words together you know and it'll be something interesting like um i need to pick up or i need to open this pickle jar before my laundry's done you know like something and you just you look at them and you're like, that was a unique experience that was a beautiful unique experience you know it's silly but it's like you might have said something that has never been said before you know so like finding those kind of weird things i seek those out like that's really unique and like in this moment and kind of i don't know being appreciative of that my name is joe ferris and i want to personally welcome you to the foxhole today i have a special treat for you i am live for the first time with a guest person to person in the studio of Mikey Needleman in Kansas City, Kansas. I have been treated to great barbecue, great worship music, and been with teens all week um, as they've served all over Kansas City. Today's holy conversation with Mikey is, is going to be something that's going to challenge you to look at the world and to not miss the moments that God is at work. I want you to sit back, enjoy, and perhaps even at the end of this, go look up some of Mikey's music. Spend some time listening to a guy who spent his life making music for the Lord. Welcome to the Foxhole, Mikey Needleman. Hello. It is absolutely wonderful to have you today, man. I'm actually in your studio in Kansas City, Kansas. And for those that don't know Mikey, I'm going to let you tell us who is Mikey Needleman. Let's start there. Well, um, I am a 30-something um, musician, dad, husband, um, lover of life, and I guess pursuer of um, unique experiences. And I've had um, quite a lucky life with those unique experiences and um I'm very thankful. I would have never thought that I'd have Joe Ferris in my basement. So this is great. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that alone is, is a big deal. But this is, Mikey and I met probably eight years ago, Something maybe, like that, yeah. at a Catholic camp. And I saw him do worship, and it was just powerful to spend time with him. And for those listening in Kansas, you are very well aware. He's like a celebrity there. <laughs> so, Mikey, talk to us a little bit just about your music career, because you've been doing it forever. Uh, and I think people love what you're doing. So talk to us about that a tad. Sure. So when I was about 12, 13 years old, my dad uh, gave me a guitar. And we always had kind of music instruments growing up in the house and keyboards and, you know, guitars and, you know, little little trinkets here and there. And so I was always kind of into music, but I really didn't take it seriously until I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. And, um, you know, my dad taught me a few little things and I ended up kind of teaching myself um, how to play um guitar, but my, I was, I was still am very ADHD and it was like the one thing that like kind of can keep me centered was the music. And, um, so I started like wanting to play like other instruments. Like I want to play bass and drums and keys. And eventually it was like, I want to be able to like record all those at once. And this is all like before like seventh grade, you know, I was like getting into this stuff and my parents were super, super, um, like supportive of that. 
um, even at a very young age, you know, if I ever asked for an instrument, it was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, because every single time I did, it was like, it just expanded my, you know, uh, my music, um, you know, intrigue and, and all that. So, um, in high school, you know, I was singing in, in, you know, senior choir and had a few little bands here and there and I went off to school, but I always kind of knew I wanted to be, uh, working in ministry. So, um, even going off to college, I, I knew I wanted to come back and be a youth minister, um, at a local parish here in Kansas city. Um, so I went off to college and started kind of doing some, um, you know, retreats and whatnot and helping out back in the archdiocese of Kansas city, Kansas with, uh, camps and, and all that kind of stuff. But I really discovered in college that I could get, you know, make a little bit of money playing at like at the bars, you know, like I could go and, and play at the bars for a few hours and they'd give me, you know, 50 bucks and in college, that's a lot. So that's where I really discovered like, man, maybe this is something like a, not a career path, maybe this is somewhere I can kind of, you know, sustain my, my life. So, um, upon graduating, I moved back to Kansas city and, um, it was just kind of like this parallel track of ministry, um, working at a parish, a youth minister, playing music at the parish masses, all that stuff. But then also right along with it was gigging with my band. And, um, the cool thing was, was ever since I started the band in 2006, I, um, have always kind of had guys in the band that we will do worship stuff for, you know, whatever, for whatever's needed, um, youth rallies, church festivals, you know, retreats, whatever. But then also we'd go out and we play secular stuff like wedding receptions and, um, you know, bars or, um, festivals or like anything. So, um, we kind of have, um, this kind of wide spectrum of like being able to like kind of play the radio stuff, but then also being able to lead people in worship. And I think that's pretty unique and special. Um, but, uh, in the past couple of years, actually, um, I, I kind of went freelance, uh, full-time self-employed musician. And you can imagine, uh, the feeling when you go self-employed in October of, uh, 2019 and your wife has twins in February of 2020 and she's self-employed as well. And you're both holding a twin when the whole world shuts down and they say, all right, no gathering of people. It's like, oh, that's, that's what I do. And they said, no, no people can you know, go to the salon or get their hair done. And my wife's like, oh, that's what I do. You know, oh so. Gosh. Yeah. Well, before I get there, because I, I certainly can't understand having everything <laughs> uh, cut out from under you in the midst of all that. Mikey, I, I'm curious because you, I think it's authentically Catholic to enter the world. Sure. And to not run from it or hide from it. And the fact that you're in both those spaces, I have two questions. One, when did you first come to know the Lord? Because you clearly come from a religious family and upbringing, certainly Kansas. Uh, you feel that all the time. And two, when did you see that we could worship, that music could be the space that God used you? Like, talk to us a little bit about that. Like, first, when did you convert? And then how did you convert your music? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, really, my heart turned for Jesus on a retreat in high school called Teens Encounter Christ or Tech Retreat. And it's very similar to a lot of those high school retreats um, that you hear about Cairo search, whatever. Um, and it's a beautiful program. Um, and I was, I was, you know, I was grounded one weekend and this uh, lovely lady uh, said, she was in my class. She goes, Hey, we don't go on this retreat. And I was like, well, I'm grounded for the weekend. Maybe I can go. My parents agreed to let me go. And that's kind of really, uh, I had no idea that 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 was going to have such an impact on my life. That's kind of when I really, uh, kind of went all in, but I, I, I was raised very Catholic, but, um, it wasn't until that retreat that I really like, you know, took a hold of my, my Catholic faith and like really kind of pursued it. And it really ended up 
changing our entire family dynamic. I have an older sister and a younger sister and my parents are married and um, we started, you know, praying before meals. And it really, not only was my heart kind of being turned, but after that experience, like we as a family really got involved with Teens Encounter Christ. And um, my dad, you know, being a musician, he started playing music for it and all that stuff. So um, that was about the, when I got into that it was probably about um, maybe 16, 17 years old. Um, and then as far as, you know, playing music at, um, in, in kind of a worship setting, again, it was like, like any teenager, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't really enjoy going to mass, but there's this church down the road that lets kids play instruments and I play guitar and drums and bass and maybe they'll use me. So I started playing, um, at the, you know, at the masses, you know, well before I was probably really into my faith at all. Um, but that was kind of cool because once I got into it, I started, I was already playing music at mass and I was already like ready for that. So the youth director of our, um, diocese, Dana Niermeyer, um, he saw that really early when I was in high school and he was just like, Hey man, he even told me, he's like, when you go off to college, like just know there'll, there'll be a job waiting for you, you know? Cause he just saw that love I had for music and, and how I was just kind of on fire for, for Jesus at a young age. So um, that's kind of how it all kind of came together was, um, the opportunity to play at mass. And then also that there was a conversion going on in my heart right about the same time. Yeah. It was, I mean, I, I want to ask another question that it, I, walking through your house, I'm stepping over <laughs> your children and toys and all kinds of beautiful things that you see in a young family. So talk to me a little bit just so I can, I, cause I've never asked you this, but I'll ask mm-hmm. you live. Uh, what, tell me a little about your, your, uh, marriage and, and maybe how that worked out, how the, the, what does my wife always call it? the story of your first meeting? Oh, yeah. Because I like that. And then we'll talk about music a little bit. But let sure. me hear a little bit about that. Because I, I walked in your house and thought, gosh, I know nothing about Mikey. I don't know how he met his wife. So talk to me a little bit. Yeah. So um, my wife, Allison, um, you know, it's kind of a cool story. We have a mutual friend um, who came to, who went to the same college as me. And Allison went straight to um, cosmetology school. She never went to college. So she's out visiting her friend who says, Hey, my friend, Mikey's playing a, a gig tonight. Let's go check it out. So I actually met Allison at one of my gigs. It was one of my last gigs before I graduated. And I think at that time we had cell phones, you know, like it was, um, kind of on that time where half of the people you met had cell phones and half of them didn't. I think I got her number and I said, you know, Hey, we're going to be in Kansas city and I'm going to be moving back to Kansas city and we got some gigs and I'd love for you to come to them. And, um, it was funny cause there really wasn't any initial attraction or like courting we ended up becoming like best friends for like two years before God started putting this, you know, feeling on my heart that it was like, you know, like you should trust me on this one. Like, you know, she's pretty great. And, you know, we have a, a mutual, uh, love for a place called Cove Crest in, in Tiger, Georgia. Um, and, uh, I was in the chapel at Cove Crest when I was praying and I'm like wrestling with these feelings. I'm like, I really like this girl, but she's my friend. And God was like, trust me, I get, you know, trust me on this one. Like I'm putting those feelings on your heart for a reason. So man, I come home um, and I'm trying to play it cool, you know, and, stuff. and she, well, I don't I forget what we're doing, but we're like watching TV or something. She turns the TV off. She goes, your sisters keep asking me what we are. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes like, they keep asking me like, what are we? I'm like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know, and she goes, so what should I tell them? And I was like, oh, here it comes. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think the Mikey Needleman story is about trust, right? We're in trust in Cove Crest and trust in your your band. And yeah, uh, how, how many years you've been married? 
So, uh, about eight and a half now, uh, nine in, in September. So yeah. Four kids? Four kids, but three pregnancies. So you can do the math there. Oh my gosh. So. So yeah. talk to us a little bit before we, I, I know I keep stopping you before we talk about music, but I want to sure. hear what's the, so many people would love your life. Musician <sighs> traveling the world, doing all these great things, playing in bars, people cheering for you. But outside of all that, like what's Mikey Needleman's personal life with the Lord? Like talk yeah. to me a little bit about that. Like I, I've heard about your marriage. I've heard about your youth. Tell me a little bit about how you communicate with the Lord and how you walk with him on a daily basis. I think, I think you nailed it with the whole trust thing. You know, I think there's times in our lives, like I'd like to say, I, I trust God with everything. Like he's, I think any practicing Catholic will say, yeah, of course I trust the Lord. Like I, I surrender all to him. You know, we say those things. There's a really beautiful moment um, when you have no other choice but to trust the Lord. And, you know, especially with COVID and stuff like that, um, when everything's pulled out from underneath you or when you find out you're having twins and you didn't think you're going to have any more kids where it's like, okay, God, like I, I have to trust you completely because I, I, I know that I'm incapable of doing this by myself, you know? So there's something beautiful in that moment. It's very scary, but it's very beautiful. Um, and I think that kind of sums up a lot of my current uh, relationship um, in my faith is that uh, like any young man, um, I want to know that I have it all figured out and I want to know that I have it in control and that this idea of, you know, I had a great father and I, you know, we're still very, very close. Um, he's one of my best friends, but like just being a protector and like building a, a home and, and, you know, providing and all that kind of stuff. But then um, as I've kind of gotten a little bit older um, in my faith and, and seeing how the Lord works, it's like, you know what, like, I need to stop being in control and I need to start like really stop saying that I trust him and actually trust him, you know? Um, Cause it's really easy to say like, Oh yeah, you got, God's got this in control. But like deep down, I'm like grabbing onto everything. So yeah. So I would say um, my, I, I'm so lucky that in my career, I do get to do a lot of um, worship and prayer and mass. Like, um, you know, every morning this week um, we've been going to mass for uh, the camp that we've been doing, but um, I'm very fortunate that I, that like kind of like gets to be part of my uh, vocation in my career, um, especially not working at a parish anymore. Like um, I still have that kind of like built into um, my stuff, but man, I think there's a lot of times where I'm holding those babies and I'm, I'm trying to be a dad and I'm just like, it's just so thankful that God um, has trusted me back, you know? So what I noticed during the pandemic in the last year of our lives is a lot of people hunkered down. A lot of people just kind of hold up and, and disappeared. You seem to do the opposite of that. <laughs> you actually turned the volume up. And so I want to ask you one, um, how did you do that? And, and share with the folks on here because I'm sure they can find online some of the things you did. But secondly, what spurred the morning Sunday morning church service? Because I thought that was such a beautiful thing, not just because I was on it, but I just thought it was a great idea. So talk to me a little bit about how that, as a young father, how you had to kind of respond in a time when none of us, there was no playbook for what we were dealing with. Sure. Um, yeah, I think, you know, March 16th was, was the D-Day. That was when I couldn't respond fast enough to all the cancellations that were coming in. And that's when my wife, you know, told me, she's like, my salon's closing. We don't know when it's going to open again. Um, and I kind of sprang into action. You know, thankfully, I 
I do have, you know, it's, it's such a, such a divine thing, but, um, I spent three to four months before the babies were born building a studio in my basement, you know, not knowing that there's pandemic coming and that was, that studio was going to provide for my family. Um, I had all this, I have all this gear that I've accumulated over the last 20 years of, you know, radio transmitters and, um, uh, you know, ca camera systems and switchers and all this kind of stuff. So technologically I was like kind of set up for like, Oh, we're going to move on to kind of an online platform with Patreon, um, where people can subscribe to like exclusive content or, um, I started writing like custom songs for people. So, um, you know, if there was like a birthday gift and somebody's like, I want to give my husband a birthday gift about the story of us meeting and stuff like that. You know, I, I could do that, you know, cause I have the studio, I have the, um, the years of teaching myself when I was a young kid to play all these different instruments and record them all. Um, on top of that, one of the main things we did that was really successful was we started doing these drive-in shows um, that like March 16th was kind of D-Day, like I said, but um, by March 20th, we were already doing a, a drive-in show. I called in a local restaurant that I, I was playing weekly at. I'm like, they're freaking out. You know, they're like, we're, we don't know. We're not a lot of people in our building. We don't know what we're doing. And I'm like, well, how about this? Like, what if I set up outside your, place and you did car hops you did to-go orders and as people were coming in they can park their cars they can turn on the radio they can hear they can see me playing but they can hear it through their radio they don't have to get out of their cars um, you can bring them out their food they can stay and eat or they can leave and you know the first it, the the restaurant was like man look, we're, we're going to call the governor's office of kansas and make sure that's okay but we'd love to do something like that so we did that and we not only we live streamed it on our Facebook so people could watch at home, which the, the restaurant loved because they're like, Oh, this is your audience now seeing our name and we're doing to go orders. And then, you know, this, it was like such great cross promotion, but then we also um, had the radio transmitters and all that kind of stuff. The first week we maybe had like 20, 25 cars that came through. Um, it was just all social media. Like, Hey, we're doing this drive-in type thing. Um, and then like, we started doing it like every, like maybe four or five days, because at that point I had no gigs. My wife had no work and it was like, okay, if I can go work, you know, quote unquote work, whatever that looks like now out in a parking lot, let's do it. So we were just doing it as much as we could. And I would say within like three weeks of doing it, man, we had like 250 cars showing up in this parking lot. And it's all, it, again, it's all divine because like this parking lot happens to be at a restaurant that has a huge parking lot like that is in this big, like strip mall kind of thing. If it was a different restaurant, they might've said no, or they didn't have a good uh, parking lot to do this, but it all came together. And so I was playing, you know, for all the cars there's, you know, I'd play for four hours straight, no breaks. And all I put up was just a sign that said um, my Venmo and my PayPal and people were so generous. And um, that's how we kind of got through it for, good three months, four months was like, I'm going to go play out in a parking lot somewhere. I was tuning in. I mean, yeah. I can tell you from, uh, at the time Cincinnati, I was watching them. I thought they were great. It was, uh, I think people, there was two responses to that. You either hunkered down and kind of complained and were miserable or yeah. you did what you did, which is, Hey, I'm going to go out and figure it out. So tell me about the church service. Yeah. That so Sunday morning. Cool. So my wife and I we were taking a walk and I, I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, my brain's always kind of moving. That's, again, that's the that's the blessing of ADHD is I'm always thinking about different things. And we're taking a walk. And I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool. I know these churches are trying to do like streaming services and stuff. And we we would tune in just like a lot of people would. 
but there was still something, you know, missing. It wasn't mass. Like, I mean, it, it was mass, but it, it wasn't like, we're not having the communion. Of course we're having spiritual communion, but um, I'm like, you know, maybe there's a way that I can do some worship music. That's um, kind of the type of stuff that we as Catholics don't really do during mass. Um, we do more kind of during those worship rallies or adoration and stuff like more deeper worship, music centered worship. And so having the equipment that I did and having the friend network that I did of, you know, people like yourself and other national speakers, um, I just started saying, Hey, would you send me, you know, a, cl- a 10 minute clip of a message that is put on your heart? Like that, w- I never really said like specifically talk about this, or this is the theme this week. And I have friends all over the the nation who speak for a living. They have, you know, the cameras and they've got the experience and, they can do that. You know, they're out of work too. So um, what made those really cool was that I'd um, post them on Sunday morning so that hopefully, and they're only, you know, 15 minutes and hopefully families could tune in before or after they tune into mass. And even some of our Protestant brothers and sisters who um, they're not watching mass and maybe their church isn't streaming, they can also tune in. Cause I was just basically posting it on my band's Facebook page, which is the Mikey Needleman band. <laughs> you can find that on Facebook. Um, and go to videos and you'll see it. It says Sunday morning worship. Um, but, uh, you know, posting those and people tuning in and seeing, you know, hundreds of people watching it as it was being posted live and they're commenting and there's, there's kind of this community that we didn't have of people watching. Um, but that was one of those deals where I was like, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put my Venmo or PayPal on that. I'm not going to like ask people to subscribe to my Patreon. This is like, I'm I'm being blessed in so many ways. I just want to like use my gifts and talents that God has given me to like help bless the church, you know, bottom line and, and help other uh, maybe speakers have a little bit of something to, to, to contribute as well. So we did that for about, I want to say probably about four months, um, maybe a little bit more um, of just uh, like a, a 12 to 15 minute video that was posted every single Sunday mo- morning that would hopefully, uh, give people some just encouragement inspiration and it did i mean i watched the others and was honored to serve on it so tell me mike i'm going to switch a little bit you're a young father Mm -hmm. you're you're raising four young children Mm -hmm. at a crazy time in the history of our world and church what what kind of advice would you give our audiences uh, for the most part men and men who are trying to get to work and make sense of the day-to-day of being a man in this world Mm -hmm. what kind of things are you doing that have worked and maybe haven't worked that you'd kind of pass along to guys asking for help. Sure. Um, as far as being, you know, a father, you know, I'm, I'm a very young father. My oldest is seven and then I have twins that are one and a half. But, um, I, what I've seen work as a child, um, that I try to emulate is when my kids show an interest in something, I'm like, let's go let's do this, you know, cause that's what my parents did for me with the music thing. When I showed an interest in that, they were like, let's, yeah, what do you, like, let, how can we, how can we support you? So that's what I always try to do um, as a father, um, as a, as a man, um, man, the, the definition, the world's definition of, of masculinity is, is changing daily and it's, it's hard to keep up. But I think um, what has really always kept me grounded is, is looking at the saints, um, St. Joseph. Um, I know Capon's really popular these days. And, uh, 
amazing man. Um, but then just kind of trying to be some of these, um, trying to be, trying to be like them and read about them. I feel like that just slowly makes me, um, I guess strive for, for, for better than just mediocrity. And I think that our, you know, our, this audience knows as well as I do that mediocrity is like celebrated in, in fatherhood and, and being a man, you know? So you need to look for those heroes that were real, you know, that really lived and actually were on, on the planet, you know? And that's, that's really, that really helps me, I guess. How about even further, if I can, uh, a lot of marriages were under stress after COVID mm-hmm. and during COVID and, and to this day are still struggling. It's sure. like that they bent, and but some of them broke. What, what did you do? I mean, you, you, you had a special stress that your wife also was, un, was lost her, her job for a period of time during mm-hmm. that. So how did you um, lead your family or maybe co-lead with your wife during this to hold your marriage together as well? One of the things that I really appreciated and I kept on telling my wife was she kind of, took on the role of like, I'm going to be really the day to day with the kids because I need to be down in, you know, the studio and out playing and actually providing for the family. Um, and that was really, I told her how much I appreciated that and how much like, like that I'm so, I just, I'm so thankful of her. I stepped up in certain ways and she stepped up in certain ways. Um, it was obviously, you know, very stressful. Um, and, uh, but there was a lot of times where, you know, it was just like, we felt like we were such a team there because we were in the same boat, you know, we were both scared and it, it, we, we expressed that to each other. And, um, but there was, there was, there's some beautiful moments and there were some really stressful moments where, you know, she, just like anybody else is getting cabin fever. I'm going out and playing a parking lot and it kind of seems like I'm out going, having fun, you know, but it's like, you know in the end of the day, we, we really felt like we were a team that we were trying to get through this together. Yeah. So I think if you're listening to the podcast now, I would say to you, that's powerful advice. Mikey's given to you is this team approach and, and, and being able to be vulnerable with your bride when you're afraid and when you're happy and joyful. Mm -hmm. So Mikey, tell me what is God saying to you? for the ministry you're doing, the music. I know you do a lot of work in the secular world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next? I mean, you know, you've just emerged from a pretty rough time. So talk yeah. to us about wh- where you're headed or maybe where you think you're headed. Man, um, that's a good question. I, you know, I have a lot of uh, avenues that I'm going down, you know, like um, the, the the worship stuff, uh, working for the church. I absolutely love that. Um, really kind of working with the band stuff and, and doing, you know, events, um, weddings, stuff like that. That's a really great, um, career path as well. Um, my personal just desire to create beauty and, and write music that necessarily isn't in either of those two, you know, we've got like the, the secular dance band thing that everybody loves and that pays the bills. And we've got the, the worship thing that, um, you know, everybody loves and pays the bills, but, um, not as much, but <laughs> either way, but then there's also like, how do I express myself? And like, where, where's my, like, you know, out. so I've got, I have a couple projects that I'm working on, um, that I can really, uh, pour my creativity into and not have to worry about either of those two other lanes. Um, on top of that, I do, um, really enjoy 
um, working with other people with like technology stuff because I have all the technology. So, well, I don't have it all, but I have quite a bit of it where if somebody says, Hey, I need, I, I want to do a live stream. And I say, well, I can help you with that. Or like, I want to put a video together, you know, a 12, 15 minute long video with some music. I'm like, I can do that too. You know, it's, it's, it's all kind of in my wheelhouse of, of stuff. But um, I think I just really like to stay busy. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if it's a healthy thing, but um, I don't see myself kind of slowing down like in that striving for like, what's next, you know, like how do I keep innovating and keep getting better at what I do? So, and that might be part of uh, something that I need to bring to the Lord as well at some point is when I need to actually start slowing down. But I really, I'm really motivated to just keep, uh, keep allowing, you know, my creativity juices to flow. Here's what I'm going to do, Mikey, is we're, we're getting close to the end here. Mm-hmm. I'd like to give you two minutes. Okay. Um, and I just want you, anything you feel like you haven't said, or you would say to our audience about what God's doing, where God's taking this thing, what you're mm-hmm. seeing, you have a, you have a unique view when you're at an event because you're up front, but you're not always, uh, not always playing music. You're watching too. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to the audience for encouragement and inspiration as we begin to move out of this pandemic time and into a new time for our church and our world? Man. He asked me to give advice, <laughs> um, man. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I can tell you that um, I'm never, I never get bored with with getting surprised by the Lord. And uh, today, and dur- during this week, you know, at this camp that we've been working out, w- working at together, I mean, you see this these beautiful moments of of um, just. Uh, I don't know, just an outpouring of, of the spirit working. And it's so hard to explain, but to be able to see like, oh my gosh, the, the spirit's working right now, you know, and in that person's life. And then, um, in not only at that camp, but then, you know, you go home and you start to talk to your kids and, you know, they're, they're growing up. I don't know. I just, there's so much, let's put it there's so much beauty in the world that like totally <laughs> takes my breath away. And, uh, I don't know if that's something you can seek out, but I seek it out. You know, I, I, at the very beginning of the podcast, I look for unique experiences and I try to keep an open eyes for those things. Um, I think my wife might tell you that very often I have tunnel vision, but, um, I think that like, I really try to look for beautiful moments that you, you can't, they'll, they'll probably never be replicated. They'll probably never be like, I even, I, have this kind of thing where somebody says something, a sentence, and I, I'll look at them and I'll say, I don't think anybody in the history of humanity has ever said those words together. You know, and it'll be something interesting like, um, I need to pick up or I need to open this pickle jar before my laundry's done. You know, like something, and you just you look at them and you're like, that was a unique experience. That was a beautiful, unique experience. You know, it's silly, but it's like, you might've said something that has never been said before, you know? So like finding those kind of weird things, I seek those out. Like that's really unique. And like in this moment and kind of, I don't know, being appreciative of that. So I, that would, I guess that's maybe my advice is uh, stop and smell the roses a little bit, I guess. No, I think that's, that's solid advice. Mikey, we've hinted at it a few times during the podcast, but real quick, Tell everybody listening how they can find you, the various spots they can find you, and then I'll come back on and I'll have you pray us off. But first, sure. tell us how to find you. So uh, my name is Mikey Needleman, and that's uh, spelled M-I-K-E-Y. Um, I very often 
there's a Mickey in there and she is a apparently great real estate agent in Arizona. So if you Google Mickey Needleman, you can find some great real estate advice in Arizona. But my name is Mikey Needleman um, and you can Google that or you can just type that in. It's, my last name is like Needle and Man. Um, but having a unique like, name like myself, um, MikeyNeedleman.com and then any um, like social media, you type my name in and you'll find me. Um, my music is on Spotify, Apple Music, um, yeah, Amazon Music, really anything. If you're old school and like CDs, you can um, get that from, um, you Google it, it'll pop up, but you can get that from my publishers um, at WLP or GIA. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I really do a good job of keeping things posted on uh, Facebook, on the on the band page, Instagram, all that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I would uh, direct people to, to learn more about me. I think a really good place to start is just the website, MikeyNeedleman.com. And I'll just add, if you see Mikey's bands in your town, go to it. Uh -oh. it's, a, it's an experience, man. It's He's so good and he's so holy and, and gentle, but he's a good worship leader in a sense. He makes you want to worship. So Mikey, I'm going to ask you if you don't mind to pray us off the podcast. Sure. Um, and then we'll close down. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Mikey, for letting me into your studio and let's pray. Thanks, Joe. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we look to you um, in just such awe of the beauty that you've um, created and um, have allowed us to exist and, and to see and to become a part of. We thank you for all the men um, in our audience um, that, are, that are looking for ways to become better um, disciples of you, better sons and daughters of you. And so um, we just uh, implore you to uh, send down your Holy Spirit into all of our hearts in ways that maybe we've never um, had the Holy Spirit part of. And uh, we give you all the glory. Amen. Mikey, it's good to have you in the foxhole with us. And I wanted to highlight a couple of things that came out in this episode. The first is a comment that Joe made, that when things got tough in the pandemic, you didn't hunker down, but started adapting and actually turn the volume up on your work. What a great example for us as Catholics for when things get hard. The other thing was something that you said, I never get bored getting surprised by the Lord. It's often only when we look back on life that we can see God at work, but the goal is to start seeing his work more in the present moment. And that's why the challenge this week is to take time at the end of each day to appreciate the small ways that God might have surprised you that day and to share that joy with your family. And finally, before I sign off, I want to let all of you know that our next episode is bound to be a special one as we celebrate Joe's 50th birthday. So be sure to tune in. Until then, may Father Capen pray for you and lead you closer to Christ. We can sure to expect that in our own lives there will come a time when we must make a choice between being loyal to the true faith or of giving allegiance to something else which is either opposed to or not in alliance with our faith. O God, we ask of thee to give us the courage to be ever faithful to thee. Blessed are they who suffer persecution for justice sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. May the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you. Amen.